0: It's been now almost a month since the brutal killings of the four University of Idaho students. There are several important updates that I've seen in the last couple days, so I'm gonna walk you through it. So now, let's get into it. For the first update, there's reports that a neighborhood you know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over three hundred thousand travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and twenty four seven customer support for worry free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator ten for ten percent off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. A tour. Screaming the night of the murder. The neighbor said he got home at a 1.30 a.m. after working late. He works as a chef. He said the house is usually bustling, but that night that there wasn't a lot of activity. He said he was falling asleep at around 4 a.m. and said what he heard it, that sounded like a scream coming from the area of where the house is. He said he didn't think much of it and he said he thought it was more like a party sound rather than something sinister. But he said I didn't think anything of it. After what happened, I've definitely had second thoughts. Maybe it was not a party sound. And it was said that he initially didn't report the scream, but he said, I'm not sure what good it does for them now but I would disagree. You can let me know what you think below. It could mean the difference of everything. Every little minute detail is important in this case. In any case, it's important to the timeline, to piecing every single person together or witness account, whether they know that they're a witness or not. And this also could help with the reports of Zana having defensive wounds. Where did the scream come from? Who was the one who was most likely awake? Who had more of the defensive wounds? This is important to any detective or any case. Let me know your thoughts below. Let's talk about one observation about the screaming. It said that there was screams coming from the neighbor thought the house, right? So, or in and around that area. But there was also reports about how the, in the house itself, you can't really hear from floor to floor. But there's some discussion around, yeah, but can you still hear somebody even though from floor to floor you can't but you're hearing somebody through the windows let me know your opinion below i'm of the opinion that yes you could still hear the screams coming through the windows maybe not from floor to floor especially if they maybe you know added some extra soundproofing to the home which sounds like from earlier reports i did it in the last video that. A previous tenant was talking about not being able to hear. This same neighbor also said that he told police earlier about an unfamiliar vehicle. It was a black SUV that was said to be parked near the front of that house. For the next update, the police are actually looking, they're on the hunt for a white car. It's a 2001 to 2013 Hyundai Elantra. The authorities would like to speak to the occupant or occupants of the vehicle, they said, who may have critical information about the homicides. The Moscow Police Department said they credit this finding because of tips from the public that led them to this car. They said, if you know of or own a vehicle matching this description or know of anyone who may have been driving this vehicle on the days preceding or the day of the murders, Please forward that information to the tip line. A former FBI agent named Brad Garrett talked about this. He said that can mean a number of things. It could be that they have eliminated all the cars in the proximity of the victim's house. They cannot figure out what or why this car was there that night. This could be just an elimination. It could be a witness or it could be a suspect. It's also said that authorities are watching the borders for this specific type of vehicle. Moscow is 190 miles south of the Canada and US border. Another update is there was body cam footage that was recently released and it was unrelated to this case, however, what was interesting was it was taken at 3 1 a.m the night of the murders it was said to be alcohol related nobody is a suspect or nobody's involved in this case whatsoever however it was interesting to see yesterday i spent a couple hours looking at the video looking at where it was in the house i may do another video if you want me to do that and dissect it but there was a white car in this body cam footage it is not the white car that is said to be you know the officers are looking for so just to clear that up but there's some interesting things i did see i could do that in another video if you're interested gotta let me know below now because there are so many tips now coming into the call center the authorities have now filtered it to go straight to the fbi they also gave the phone number though at 208-883-7180 and you can submit tips through the tip line. I'll leave that below, and also at the FBI site. They are calling it, I saw that Idaho itself is calling it the King Road homicides. Now, a former Ted Bundy lawyer is actually weighing in on the case. His name's John Henry Brown, and he was the criminal defense attorney for Bundy in the 70s and 80s. It was reported here that this actually has haunted him, the Bundy case for his entire career. And it says to the point where he prefers not to discuss the man whom he described as being born evil. He says he sees similarities to the case. He says just the randomness of it is actually something that does stand out. Of course, most of Ted's behavior was random. There were times when Ted would follow people and then decide not to kill them. And that was his way of exercising his grandiosity. You know, I can control life here and there. This lawyer also pointed out how the University of Idaho victims were involved in greek life as well much like bundy's and it mentioned sorority sisters from florida in bundy's case he likened the crime scene to the de facto sorority house it was said and described the victims as a really attractive young group he says most crimes of this nature are based on power and anger and more so than sex. And he said it's a crime of anger and rage, which to be stabbed multiple times and four of them, yeah, somebody's anger, in my opinion. This lawyer also said that Ted Bundy held animosity toward women in general because of a breakup he had when he was in college with somebody who he, I think, held a grudge against forever. He was found to have attacked four female victims and killed two of them when he entered a sorority house in January of 1978, and then he went elsewhere and continued the killings. We've heard pro- filers talk about they believe it's male they believe it's a young male and a male who is not i guess queasy to a lot of blood here's something interesting in one of the updates It's said that they're boxing up items or they've boxed up items of the students and giving it back to the family members the authorities said that they want to bring healing to the families but there's some people questioning as to why so quickly to give back their belongings and one person in particular is joseph scott morgan i've talk about him quite a bit on this channel he's the forensic expert and he said when an offender is using a knife to kill or assault that he will leave remnants of cast off while carrying out the killings and he says as they withdraw the knife droplets of blood travel through the air now sometimes these droplets can't be fully appreciated you can't see them necessarily and that droplet may deposit itself on just some kind of arbitrary item in a room but once the item has been removed from the spot where it sat during the course of the crime, you can never go back and place that item in its original orientation. That's important for the crime scene investigators. When they go, they can tell with, you know, the patterns of blood spatter and all that. He says, you lose all context. You can't go back and say, well, we missed this. We're going to place it back here. Items that the family would like to have, how does that trump practical necessity, he says, what's it going to hurt to lock this thing down for a longer time just to make sure everything has been considered now as a parent i'm sure you would want their belongings back we even saw it in the case of justin evans where the family went and grabbed the items right away that's i guess a little bit different because that's a botched investigation 100,000%. you can see that in my playlist but I can see as a family wanting to get their items back, but then also on the flip side, you know, that I'm sure the families wouldn't want it back that fast if it means they could get justice for their children. Another former FBI special agent, Jonathan Gilliam said, crime scenes hold onto evidence and sometimes you don't realize in a case like that until you find a subject. Now that the crime scene scene has been tainted because they have removed things and it was tainted already because people had been in there and quite possibly removed things because they didn't want to get in trouble. In this case, there's now six detectives from Moscow five support staff. And it's saying that it's actually a 25% reduction in the number of law enforcement officers that were assigned to this homicide. But authorities said that as things change, they're moving towards more of an uh, analytical phase of the investigation, and they said 100%, this is definitely Moscow Police Department's investigation with the chief of police heading it up, all of the briefings as team lead, those types of things. The FBI it says there's 46 investigators in Moscow and throughout the United States working on it, and there's two behavior analysis unit investigators. As for the Idaho State Police, there's 13 investigators, there's 15 uniform troopers assisting with community patrols and a communications team and ISP Forensic Service. They've received over 2,600 email tips, more than 2,700 phone calls, over it says 1,084 digital media submissions to the FBI, 113 pieces of physical evidence, and they've taken 4,000 crime scene photos with multiple three-dimensional scans of their residence. There's also collection of DNA. Now this is going to be very, very, very important, but it's going to be very difficult because of the manner of how they died. And if their his DNA got in with their DNA, obviously they're gonna have to figure that all out. And of course, they'll take the DNA from him and they'll match it to their CODIS database and then see what they come up with. According to CC Moore, I've mentioned her many times in this channel as well, that she's the genetic genealogist who helps solve crimes and she says it's pretty quick to compare against CODIS had they gotten a match I think they probably would have arrested by now so I think we can assume that they're at least looking at using investigative genetic genealogy typically in cases I've worked with stabbings if someone stabs enough times the knife almost always slips you almost always get the perpetrators DNA mixed in with the victims DNA and according to Jennifer coffendoffer she says this is a case that only the most experienced crime techs can solve and answer it's going to take a long long time. Now Kaylee's family and we've seen Kaylee's dad quite a bit in the news and her family as well. He is hiring a private investigator and a lawyer. He says there are things that we could request and things we can do to get the truth faster. You have to fill out forms to get this evidence released to you. I don't know how to do that. We've seen him be upset with the police and not giving him information. And Kaylee's dad Steve is also, he says he's fed up with the delays, backtracks, and lack of information from the Moscow Police Department. So he hired the private investigator. He says he believes that by doing that it'll put pressure on all the agencies to give answers he says they've messed up a million times but I don't get to say that because what experience does Steve have he doesn't know he's just a dad who woke up one day and had his life turned upside down also there's reports that Steve found out that some of the detectives on the police department were in their mid 20s and he was upset at that he said they're just inexperienced and I don't want anyone making mistakes in my child's case Let me know your thoughts about that in the comments below. I'll have the phone number also to the tip line and also to the FBI link as well. Every tip matters. Check out my playlist here on the case and then also let me know what you would like to see next in this case or any other case. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you soon.